Welcome to episode 81 of the HSO Dynamics Matters podcast, your regular sonic dive into the world of Microsoft technology-related matters and much more besides. And I'm your host, Michael Lonnan. I recorded this episode with Microsoft Government Senior Director Faith Lagrange just before Christmas, which I'm now delighted to bring you as we discuss the impact of the cost of living crisis and how public sector organisations can use technology to reduce its impact. So grab a brew, sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Tea or coffee? Tea. How do you have your tea? Builder's tea. Very <laughs> strong. Not very much milk. And only skim milk. Otherwise, it's like horrible. Like I know. I don't full, know. full fat milk tastes like cream. It doesn't work, does it? I, I've told my wife does, this. It does not work. Does not work. How many do you have a day? Way too many. <laughs> way <laughs> too many. Put it this way. I've got like a tea subscription, uh, loose leaf tea subscription, because we get through a lot of tea in my house. So yeah. You're, you're the first person who's ever said that, a subscription to loose tea. Brilliant. There you go. <laughs> I'm not sure it's a good thing, but it's brilliant. Uh, sauce on the side or sauce on top? Ooh, on the side, generally. Lovely generally, kids. yeah. I'm perennially on a diet, so the sauce is always on the side. It's everywhere. <laughs> Night owl or early bird? Ooh, interchangeable. Depends on, depends on my mood and depends on what's going on. Fair enough. Introvert or extrovert? Extrovert, definitely. No one, I couldn't even pretend to anyone I was an introvert probably. Now, how are you coping in the cold weather then? Uh, I love it actually. Like for, for now, my favorite time of the year is between October, uh, like the last quarter of the year, effectively. Wow. Is my favorite, my favorite time of the year. Autumn is my favorite season, but I'm a huge, huge Christmas fan, so uh, I love December. <laughs> so, uh, like it, it would, it would be unnatural for me to have it warm in December. So yeah, I like it cold. Is the front of your house festooned in lights? Festooned in lights, yeah. Uh, we've made sure we got all of the low energy ones a few years ago. So, uh, so yeah, trying to trying sure. to be trying to be smart about it. Okay, let's talk about twenty twenty three then. Um, mm. So, lots happening at the moment. Lots happening in the public sector. I mean, what do you think? Kind of got to be the key things. I mean, cost of living crisis is coming up more and more and yep. more often. But what do you think, and what are you seeing is going to be the uh, the main topics and themes for twenty twenty three in public sector? Well, well, look, I mean, you know, cost of living crisis is huge. And of course, it affects everyone as individuals and it affects certain certain groups and certain people in society more than it than it affects other people. So, I mean, that's that's massive. And how how public sector supports and responds to that. But it also affects public sector itself as well, you know, in terms of inflation so kind of in real terms, they're going to have less money than they would have yeah. through the budgetary review. And they really have to think about how they're going to drive things kind of as efficiently as they possibly can, whilst actually going through another period where the, the public services are going to be required more than ever. And that is off the back of COVID, right? So we've already yeah. had a, couple, like a number of years where there was this additional big support that's had knock-on effects and then cost of living crisis and the general economic circumstances are going to be really impactful. It's mad, isn't it? It's one after the other after the other. Yeah. It's really difficult to see how local authorities, for example, are going to be able to manage and deliver the same level of services with the, the kind of the crunch that's happening. But I mean, from your perspective, how do you think they might be able to, for example, as you highlighted, manage with less budget, manage when things are slightly inefficient? How do you think they can do that? Well, I mean, I think I think if you if you're thinking about the opportunity for 
I mean, I sometimes think kind of tough times sort of necessitate change, don't they? So you can't carry on doing everything that you were doing in the way you were doing it with less resources and when things are increasingly difficult. So I do think there's going to be a continued drive to look at transformation to be able to answer those things. Because the reality is, is it's not like public sector hasn't been in cost saving for a long time. So there are, yep. there's no, there are no easy cuts to make anymore if you need to keep up public services. So there has to be an opportunity to drive transformation. And and technology is absolutely part of, of that opportunity to kind of really see how digital transformation can transform the service that are delivered to citizens. I guess if I think about it, you know, if we think about the efficiency side, Microsoft, you know, we've got we've got a whole campaign around how you continue to to kind of do more with the resources that you've got or actually reducing resources. And that is actually all about how our customers can maximize the value they're getting from their investments in our technology. So, you know, we are supporting them to look at how they ensure that they are running their systems as efficiently as possible, that they're well architected, that they are driving the best use out of those that they are using every single part of of kind of of, of what our customers kind of purchase from us but also how they can start to use things like automation to kind okay. of drive additional efficiency and really maximize then what their own people can can do can what they can deliver by kind of taking out away some of those really processes that they just take up time for people and they don't they don't really help people contribute to the job you think of the job of the social worker they didn't go into that job to process forms you know they went into that job to make a difference to individuals so if you can take away some of that almost back office work through automization you can really drive a lot of efficiency around that it's a great message. It's about enabling staff to be able to deliver value rather than the run rate staff, which just yeah. isn't doing that. Uh, do you think that most public sector organisations understand or have tapped into the value of Microsoft technology? Or do you think there's more that they could be doing? We've got a fantastic customer base and they all, I think certainly when we look at the modern workplace side, when we look at the use of of kind of office and, and and Microsoft 365 it's fairly ubiquitous i think across public sector right. and i think then that that then that becomes a responsibility of us to ensure that those customers that are purchasing that are really getting the best use out of everything that they're purchasing and we spend a lot of time with public sector customers and and with the government at a central level trying to ensure that 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 happens but there's a lot of additional services that you know we we talk about our platform not point solutions that we put in. So the power of the broad Microsoft platform, I think there is absolutely an opportunity. And we work with fantastic partners to really like like yourselves (laughs) to really help us, to really help our customers to kind of build on the platforms they already purchased from us and the things that they already get from us and, and, and make them even more valuable and really make them impactful to the businesses they're trying to run. We run a lot of training sessions, take dashboard in the day around Power BI. I know it's only one particular and one particular solution, but we see a lot of public sector organisations or people from public sector organisations coming on to these training courses because they they are starting to understand where actually they've got a lot of the Microsoft technology they need to create these efficiencies to enable staff to deliver more value. They just don't quite know how to get there. So they're, they're, yeah. looking, they're coming to these sessions, trying to learn and trying to understand. And in your perspective, what, what are some of the best examples you've seen of public sector organisations using technology to make a real difference to the people they're supporting? There are so many different examples. I mean, I guess if we think about in the local authority space, 
I mean, we did some work with Aberdeen City Council around using dynamics for social care. And that's that was a really fantastic example of how they used one of our solutions to be able to change the way that they have focused everybody involved in social care, because social care isn't just the local authority. It's no. it's it's the police, it's the NHS, it's it's all of the private organizations that might be involved in supporting individuals. Um, and really to be able to information share in a different way, a much more dynamic way, and a way that kind of sets them up to be able to start to look at where they might be able to predict the points of need in the future. Because that that really is the holy grail, I think, in terms of thinking about how you make public sector services as efficient as possible is can you move from responding and reacting to mm. an urgent situation to, to kind of shift left into intervention and early intervention to actually shift even further left to advances as we kind of move through machine learning and, and artificial intelligence. So can you predict where you need to put your resources so that those resources go in the right place and you're not scattergunning them? Yeah, moving from uh, reactive to being proactive, understanding Absolutely. understanding the needs of residents and people as, as uh, for example, the cost of living crisis, as people struggle to pay their bills. Can you what can you see what's happening outside and and use technology to understand demographics a lot better. You talked there about the connection between the different organisations in public sector, the health services, the police services with the local authorities. Do you think that in itself is a is a route to uh, improving efficiencies and, and getting more value out to people? Do you think that's a particular way that they could look at it? Yeah, I mean, look, you've got to be really careful with data sharing and people get concerned about having data shared. But the reality is, and, and we have lots of conversation about data ethics uh, at the yeah. moment as well with public sector, is that if you can share data and allow that data to be viewed by different organisations at the same time, spotting the patterns, and again, that's where like machine learning can assist in spotting some of those patterns that we might not as individuals, you know, that's really the place where you can start to make a big difference because having data siloed and only used for the purpose it was collected for means that you never really get the power out of really making those services information-led and you'll never be able to move to being proactive unless you can make those services information-led. Where's the value of the partner uh, as part of like HSO making that link between the public sector organisations and Microsoft themselves? What particular role are they trying to fill just just to help the audience understand the link between the vendor Microsoft, the partner HSO and the organization making use of the Microsoft technology? Uh, look, I mean, skills, it comes down to skills like our partners are highly skilled organizations that have great track record in, in these solutions, making them repeatable. Microsoft we we provide the platforms we've got great people that go out and and speak to our customers oh, and activate this yeah. but only working with partners can we ever really take it to the next level where you are making it specific to what the customer's requirement is in terms of the services that you have to deliver or the business outcomes they're trying to achieve but i think the other thing is that particularly for public sector Public sector talk a lot at the moment about wanting to do it once and then be able to make it repeatable, like not individually doing it and kind of doing it a different way each time. And yeah. that's where partners can come in brilliantly because actually you've done it before and you know what's worked. And so actually you can take that blueprint and put it into another customer and go, we've seen that this works, it's got great repeatability. So, and, and actually for our customers in terms of skills, it's really hard. We're all struggling to get 
to, to hire people in with the right skills. And technology is changing at such a pace that our customers will not be able to hire uh, the levels that they need to to get those skills in. But the partner of organisations can provide fantastic skills out to the market to be able to support that. So I'm writing a piece at the moment, actually, about how creating the right digital foundation provides kind of the platform on which to build out the things, the platform that you mentioned, to build out the things that solve particular use cases that come up. Essentially, it creates agility. So as new, I hate to use this phrase, but as new crises come in, local authorities, for example, are much better able to create the solutions to then solve those particular problems. How important is getting that digital foundation as a starting point? I mean, it's kind of everything, really. All of these things that we've talked about, the opportunity to go from being reactive to proactive, the opportunity to drive efficiency with automation, you know, using AI and machine learning. You cannot do any of that on aging legacy infrastructure, you know, lots and lots of siloed data, lots and lots of paper data still, you know, all of that stuff. Absolutely. It's about building the foundation. So when we're talking to our customers, we're very conscious of the the priorities for government as an industry, of the things that they need to deliver to citizens. And we're really conscious of the amazing opportunities for digital transformation. But we always start at the basics in terms of if you don't have these things in place, these are the things that, that you need to get in place. So it's it's a journey, really. It's a roadmap that starts from get the basics in place, get your digital foundation in place, and then you can start to build on it. As Faith highlighted, tough times necessitate change. That can mean large transformational change to really shift an organisation away from historically driven processes, but it doesn't have to. It could be as simple as introducing small changes, chatbots, for example, to lighten the load of frontline staff so they could spend more time providing the services, care and support people need. Because, as with the example Faith gives, people don't become social workers to process forms, they become social workers to make a positive difference to people's lives. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take care of yourselves.